Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jesus from Excel Fitness in Alamogordo, New Mexico. What's up, Jesus? How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. All righty. Let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? Um, I really kind of fell into it um, about a few years ago. Well, 2016, to be exact, I actually applied at a gym known as Premier Fitness uh, here in the area. Uh, a few years later, I went ahead and became the owner of Excel Fitness, the smaller gym to Premier. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I never saw myself uh, owning a gym uh, prior to 2016. Even a couple years into it, I wasn't sure um, where I was going to be exact. And then um, after kind of getting a feel for everything um, from the owners and uh, the members and kind of just everything around, I kind of started forming an idea of what I was going to do to start proving myself to the owners that um, I may just be interested in taking ownership of Premier Fitness and Excel Fitness. However, as the, as time went on, um, numbers didn't make sense for me to hold on to the bigger gym. Um, the market was just kind of too small um, for that size of gym. Um, it was a beautiful place. Everybody always complimented on the way, the scope of it. Um, but again, when it came down to numbers, uh, something that I was, I think I'm more keen on than fitness itself. Um, it just didn't make sense. So uh, earlier in 2019, um, the owners had approached me about possibly taking over the bigger gym. I told them I'd have to think about it. I gave them my answer towards the end of the year that I was interested in Excel Fitness, not Premier. Mm -hmm. They gave me the the orders to shut down the bigger gym. So that's what I went ahead and did and started transitioning everything and all the members that I could to the smaller gym. Um, it, was, uh, it was a process, uh, moving equipment, getting people... Uh, reassuring them that things were either going to stay the same or things were going to be better. Um, I knew I was going to lose a lot of members uh, because here in this town, uh, we have, I want to say about six to seven gyms mm -hmm. um, of a population of 35K. Um, so I was able, I came up with the game plan with some of the staff that I had and um, how we were going to swing some of the members to the smaller gym. Uh, and that was all right before the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, uh, the owners decided to hold off on transferring ownership of any kind um, until things kind of settled, which was kind of fortunate. It was really fortunate for me because um, it allowed me to get everything as much as I could ready in at the smaller location. Um, during the shutdowns, that's what I basically did was uh, get equipment over here and paint it um a lot of the, um, the gym uh started looking at towards the environment because one of my biggest issues that i had that i was facing at the time was that trying to get the female demographic 
to come to Excel Fitness because Excel Fitness was kind of more viewed as a um, 70s grittier style gym where a bunch mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, you'd say meatheads <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of come and work out. Um, so I was trying to change that image and trying to just kind of bring everybody that I could. Um, okay. And one of the struggles was to getting the females to come, come out to the gym. So I got some feedback, changed some of the equipment and changed the color of the gym, um, changed the logo of the gym, um, appeared more friendlier than before. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I started with, uh, with that. And then it wasn't until January 1st, 2021 that I uh, took over entirely um, the gym. So Okay. Since then, it's been kind of a, everything's been kind of more experimental, um, trial and error on a lot of things. Uh, I think one of my biggest uh, uh, successes is uh, changing or implementing the 24-hour system. The previous owners uh, told me not to do it. Um, they said that it wouldn't do me good, that look at the other gyms in town, they're not doing it other than Anytime Fitness. And at the time, before the pandemic, I believe Planet Fitness was also 24 um, but I still believe that there was still a market for it, mainly because, uh, there's a lot of jobs here that have a lot of, uh, people work in the graveyard ships from Gerald Champion Medical Center to Holloman Air Force Base. Uh, I took a shot and so far it's done me well. Uh, it's done the gym well. Um, yeah. And Another part of that success is the my Zumba instructor, as well as my FIFI boxing instructor. Um, that's also attracted a lot of people to the gym too. So that's been a really big help. Got it. Okay. And so, what does your business model look like? So you've you've got the twenty four hour access. Do you also offer group classes? I'm guessing mm -hmm. because the the Zumba and then. Um, any semi-privates, any one-on-ones, kind of walk us through how you lay things out within the gym itself. So when people walk in inquiring about a membership, I normally ask them what it is they're looking for, mm -hmm. um, just to kind of get to the point, do they want uh, free weights? Do they want cable machines? Do they want classes, personal training? Do they want um, cardio? Do they want uh, just some, whatever it is they're looking for? Um, that way I can just get straight to the point with them and show them what we have to offer at the rates that we offer. Um, and I would say about eight, nine times out of 10 people usually are impressed when they come in because they didn't realize how, how big the gym was from the outside. Mm -hmm. From the outside, everyone says the same thing. It's, uh, it looks small, but when they walk in, it's a lot bigger than they thought. And we have a lot more equipment than they thought. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just recently, um, because I joined the Chamber of Commerce in May, uh, people are starting to take notice that we are in fact 24 seven. Um, even though I implemented it last August um, and trying to use social media and word of mouth, getting people to come and look at uh, that we're 24 hours as well. Um, it, it did good, um, but it wasn't until we joined the chambers that uh, we started getting a lot more public notice and yeah. Okay. All right. So a couple of different uh, offerings there. And as far as membership goes, how many members are you currently serving? So I have, I operate on two different systems. Uh, I use uh, Paramount Acceptance. They use, they kind of do my accounting portion of 
uh, memberships. And then I have my Brevo system, which uh, is my door system. The door system is more accurate than I do have in my Paramount system. And according to what I have there, I have over 410 members. Now, if okay. I subtract the, the inactive members, I was probably looking at about 370 plus the non-24 hours I don't have access. So I'd be back about 400. I'm okay. pretty confident saying about 400 members. All right. And how many square feet are you working with? 7,000. Okay. About 7,000. Got it. Okay. So are you at a point where you're looking to add to the membership and grow the membership more? Uh, always. I think, um, I think any gym should always uh, actively stay on top of trying to grow their memberships. Um, right. I think that the trick to to doing something like that is to stay fresh and stay with new ideas. Um, and like mm -hmm. what I've been trying to do, I mean, the 24 hour got me so far. The boxing got me so far. Zumba's got me so far. Right now I'm working on an outdoor section um, to offer an outdoor area for tire flipping and battle ropes and uh, just, I guess, some form of CrossFit training outside. Um, hopefully in the next couple of months, I'll have that up and going. I've been working on that project for about over a year now, but, um, after that, I, I have a few more ideas of what I plan on doing. Like I'm trying to stay, stay, uh, like I said, just fresh with, uh, the outlook of the gym to keep mm -hmm. memberships growing, um, yeah. to add more value to the membership. So that, I mean, if you raise prices, I mean, you can use inflation as your reason for raising prices on anything, but if you're going to do that, I think you got to add value to what it is you're offering. Yeah. So in doing that, I try to keep up with as much as I can um, to justify any price changes or anything or the membership value. So, yeah. Okay. And as far as the advertising itself goes, so you, you mentioned the chamber of commerce, you mentioned some social media advertising. Do you do paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature to get the word out there further? I do. Um, I, I want to say I started doing that um, sometime last year, probably the beginning of last year. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how effective it was. I mean, these days I use uh, uh, a little marketing company, Acuna Media, um, they've been friends of my family for forever. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, I partnered with them. I want to say last year to help me start doing more of like, uh, promo videos, um, more flyers. Uh, I, I use them and their services to kind of put the gym out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so far it's done well. I mean, uh, the, the feedback I get from people like, uh, um, when I had a previous personal trainer, we had done a video for her. Uh, people were just complimenting on how well done that video was. Um, mm -hmm. And we started getting memberships, of course, in January time, February time. Uh, more memberships were coming in. Um, and yeah, I, I would say that every time we do a video with them, um, it's always a, it's a great experience and it's, it's fun. I mean, that, I think that that's uh, one of the key factors when doing marketing, for me anyways, like I said, I'm, I'm a numbers guy and marketing is always the fun aspect of any business, really. Mm -hmm. um, you got to be creative. You got to think outside the box. Um, and then when you work with like-minded individuals um, that are up to putting themselves out there from my instructors to the marketing team, 
it's like I said, it's a fun environment. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, uh, I use social media to boost posts. Um, social media is a great um, form of marketing. It's a cheap form of marketing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever run any paid ad campaigns? So there's boosting posts and then there's paid ad campaigns, two separate kind of entities within Facebook. So have you ever run paid ad campaigns? No, but I was looking at that the other day, actually. And I'm thinking I am going to um, implement something like that here in the next month or so um, yeah. for the holiday season into the new year. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we talk about boosting posts, that is more so reaching the people that have already interacted with us. And it is a small percentage of those people who have interacted with us, right? And it's kind of limited. But when we run a paid ad campaign, then we are targeting people who are interested in what it is that we have to offer within our area. Uh, right. And it really expands the reach because it's always interesting that there are so many people within your area, probably within five to seven miles that have no idea that you're even there. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So it's so important to get the word out there to those people to let them know that you exist, what it is that you have going on um, so that they actually come in the doors. Right. Because right. that happens a lot. It, it's a very limited pool when we talk about, um, word of mouth referrals, boosting posts, you know, it's just, it's a limited pool. So if we right. can expand that and reach more people, then that's how we can really grow. And to, to that, I would say like, um, one thing I think any business can make that mistake is, uh, to not keep up on your advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, one of the downfalls of premier fitness was that, uh, they didn't want to invest anymore in its marketing they assumed that the area was already very well aware of premier fitness but i remember that when we closed it a lot of people made the same comment about they didn't realize that we were still there or that we were there at all and um while yeah it's a big it was a big gym um yeah it's one of those lessons i learned that um if you are not constantly in everyone's face as much as possible, as annoyingly as possible. And it can seem like you're being a pest, but that's business. Um, right. You have to be there at all. You have to be in everyone's face and everywhere you can um, to keep up. Because like you said, um, you're reaching just a limited demographic in those same social circles that are aware of the gym, but you want to reach out to the ones that don't know. Yeah, right. I, 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 I'd agree, yeah. And that's yeah. why I'm looking at that campaign idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just for a business in general, you know, having a consistent, reliable, sustainable system in place to feed the business at all times, you know, at the drop of a hat, if you need to, is so important. And that's the number one thing that gym owners really struggle with is having that consistent flow of quality leads, you know, right. and nobody likes to think about the fact that people are leaving on a monthly basis, right? Mm -hmm. It's always like, okay, well, we're getting people in the doors, you know, the referrals, the word of mouth here and there, but it's not enough to stack up against the people that are leaving on a monthly basis. Right. And, you know, people leave, whether it be they move, they get new jobs, something in their life changes, whatever, it's bound to happen, you know? Right. So it's like, we constantly need to be able to make up for those that are leaving on a monthly right. basis, but then also 
net more than that if we're looking to grow. And there are exactly. so many gyms that get stuck at a certain level because they're bringing in enough people just to cover the people that are leaving on a monthly basis. And then they're stuck and they can't break past that because they don't have an influx of people coming in on the front end. Right. And, you know, to my surprise, um, I, that's one of the things I've learned was uh, that ratio you're talking about, the retention to sign up or the mm -hmm. cancellation ratio. Um, I don't, and it's funny to me because like you, you have like your personal trainers, uh, they don't always look at the numbers or they don't always look at the best interest for the gym. And in doing that and coming in and approaching it that way, you don't realize that that ratio exists. And if that, if you don't pay attention to those numbers, um, it can put your gym in the red. And yeah. you don't even realize it. So you have to come up with ideas and realize that um, expect a certain amount of cancellations every month. I do every month. And fortunately for me, I've been able to keep those numbers very low. Um, and the, I mean, there, there's different factors to that um, from the environment that I'm creating to uh, my staff. Uh, the instructors, I, I 1,000 percent grateful for Angelica Gomez. Um, she's my Zumba instructor. Um, her energy uh, is so, so vibrant that I always tell everybody that the energy you bring to the gym, I mean, look, let's be honest, like you don't need a gym to get into fitness. Mm -hmm. You don't need the best equipment. You could just work out at home in, in the living room. Um, however, people go to the gym because of the energy and the yeah. vibe and the staff are the first ones to set that tone. Mm -hmm. um, and Cameron James, he's the body, the fit five boxing instructor. He has a great energy as well. So I try to make it a point to even associate with people that I have outgoing personalities, very yeah. vibrant ones, because I like, like I said, they set the tone for the gym and I'm not here all the time. And, uh, when I'm not here, um, I'm hoping that the people I do have here have that personality, um, right. that great personality that make people want to talk to them. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to look at your how what you're doing to keep your members as much as possible. You got to look at how you're attracting the members as much as possible, because you don't you cannot pinpoint the exact number of cancellations the following month. Mm -hmm. um, and just to stay ahead of that, like the only thing you can do is, um, again, your retention and your attraction and mm -hmm. you that much you have control over your cancellations. You don't but don't pay too much attention to it where it's like stressing you, but be realistic about it and set real goals for the following month of what you plan on doing number of signups you want to hit. Um, yeah. And, and your, your uh, added value to your memberships, what you're trying to do realistically in the following month, whether it's getting new equipment, whether it's putting a new section of the gym, whether it's uh, uh, fixing some of the equipment that's been broke down for some time, and right now I'm having a hell of a time with some of the cardio equipment, but I already have a plan in place uh, what I'm going to do with that here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I would say that to any, any gym owner, new gym owner, uh, current gym owner, that you got to pay attention to that ratio. Don't let mm -hmm. those numbers go by because if you're not paying attention to that, then you are spelling out failure for sure. If yeah. you're not paying attention to those numbers. Right. Absolutely. I mean, industry average, as far as churn goes, is 15% of the membership on a monthly basis, which is okay. crazy. You know, it's like by the end of the year, you've got to acquire an insane amount of members to just stay right. where you are, right. which is 
daunting to think about, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, if we're paying attention to those numbers all along and doing what we can to increase retention and doing what we can to increase the amount of people that are coming in the doors on a monthly basis, you wanna stay ahead of that, right? Because like you right. said, it can creep up on you very easily and put you in the red. Yeah. Quickly you know, before you, before you even realize that it's an actual issue. So right. super important there. Um, now for you personally within the gym, what are your main focuses right now? Where are you directing most of your energy and attention within the gym? Right now I have two sections, um, outside in the front yard and then, uh, the back studio. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to start shifting my attention towards my cardio equipment. Actually, that's probably where I'm going to start prioritizing here in the next couple of weeks just to get that situated because you can't leave things unintended for too long. Oh. Um, but I mean, physically, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Uh, I guess marketing idea wise, I'm looking I'm always trying to look at five months ahead five to eight months ahead of where I want to be where I want the gym to be oh. um, and what I have to start doing now to start getting ready for I mean, before you know it, the New Year's here. And it feels like the New Year's yeah. about here already. So um, I'm already bouncing ideas with uh, Felipe, uh, my social media guy. He's uh, one of the co-owners of Acuna Media. Uh, we're already discussing uh, marketing ideas for the following month, for November and December. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of already have an idea of how I want to approach the new year. And it's kind of weird because, you know, the, especially because of the pandemic, like, numbers it's kind of hard to gauge when your new signups hit because normally you would think january is the biggest time or february and the past year i would say for us anyways it hasn't been that mm -hmm. um i'm looking at may august and uh october were my biggest months in the past two years mm -hmm. and which is crazy because normally it's not those and right. I don't know if that's like has to do with the pandemic or what's going on exactly. Like there's a variety of factors to look at, but um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's a weird thing to gauge right now, especially if it's hard, it makes it tricky when you're trying to market certain avenues on certain months, because mm -hmm. you're normally used to heavy marketing around January time, which I'm, I'm planning on sticking to anyways, because I kind of feel like we are coming out of the pandemic or like, it's kind of like, behind yeah. us in a way yeah not exactly mm -hmm. but we're almost there right yeah absolutely um so now what is your i like to call it like unicorn goal like perfect world situation <laughs> goal for the gym uh where would you like to take this thing what is the big picture goal for you um well i have to get with my accountant um and discuss at what point would it be wise to start looking at um, expanding? Um, and I'm not saying like expanding here in the next year or so, but I, I, right. I need a number because I, I, for me, I'd like to hit a number so that I know if I'm going to open up another location, um, mm -hmm. whether here in town or in the next town over. Um, but before I do that, I, again, I need, I need to know what my what number makes sense, and my accountant's going to have to help me with that to do, uh, to know uh, realistically what a profit range for another gym would be. I mean, I subscribe to this magazine, uh, Club Solutions, and I uh, I like to read on 
other gym success stories on how they go about whether it's anytime fitness planet or uh 24 crunch all of them at -hmm. some point or another they all started like where i'm at that gym started somewhere and they became a franchise somehow so i'm not i'm not sure if i want to franchise my gym at some point but i'd like to know how they expanded i uh with their with their struggles were i mean i'm the to my understanding i'm the fourth owner of this location um i do have some advantage that this is the oldest gym in town um and with that i kind of look back i i spoke to the not the previous owner but the owner before them they purchased the 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 location back in 2009 and before them it was this guy named chuck he uh i spoke with him a little bit yeah i believe he's in arizona but he had told me that uh it was a racquetball gym. Then he turned it into a boxing gym. Uh, the previous owners turned it into a full-fledged gym, and I've changed it to something else. But I think my struggle might be different than theirs only because at the time that they owned, the previous owners owned this gym, they didn't have a market of six other gyms to compete with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the culture of fitness has definitely gotten bigger over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody's into fitness now. So um, everyone's doing their own garage gyms. Everyone's trying to open up their own gyms. So my approach to everything is a lot more, I don't know. Uh, I have to be a little more methodical than the previous owners mm-hmm. on just about every front, really. Right. Because I'm not the only gym in town, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause you but, to kind of, stay on top of your game a little bit more, you know, and mm-hmm. just make sure that you're constantly innovating, adapting, keeping up with what's happening within the industry to make sure that exactly. you stay on top, you know, yeah. because um, it, the good thing is though, that, you know, fitness has become so much more popular over the last 10 years. And that also means, and just overall, I mean, there is no lack of people that need fitness in their lives, right? It's right. just actually reaching those people and inspiring them to come in and then uh, providing them with that super high level experience once they're in the facility that makes them want to stay for long periods of time. But right. yeah, I mean, um, definitely having other other gyms in the area and, and some competition and just causes you to step up your own game, right? Definitely. And, and, you know, I, and I, I would say this, too, that while my idea is to expand, I mean, some other gyms like to maybe think that they're going to stay local and stay in their own um, gym. And that's cool, too. I mean, uh, at some point, I did think about that as well. Like, do I want to stay in this gym forever? Like just me owning this one gym? Um, I thought about it, but I also have other ideas of what else I want to do, too. So, I mean... Like, like I said, there's no right or wrongs about this. Just uh, know what you want, really, right. and go for it and plan for it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like so I, I guess the unicorn idea is, uh, again, to not only just have like a, a certain amount of members to be able to expand to other locations, but I think I want to be able to provide more services in my location than any other gym. I like premier fitness offered childcare service they uh, premier fitness at one point offered everything it was a full-fledged like everything um right now my gym um offers the two group classes um 
wide the wide range the widest range of variety next to the well, I mean the bass has this beat for sure but um yeah uh I want to be able to implement childcare at some point and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a goal of mine next year is to get childcare um going here mm-hmm. uh there's definitely a market for that mothers everywhere want to get into fitness mothers need childcare yeah okay yeah so that's something you're looking to implement within the next year what needs to happen for you to be able to do that what what steps do you need to take to be able to make that make sense i think uh two things uh obviously more memberships to justify the cost for hiring at least two individuals to work in the childcare section. Mm-hmm. And the second is uh, buying the building uh, so that I can start making modifications to it that I can't, that I need to mm-hmm. um, and getting the proper zoning stuff up to code and stuff so that I can do it myself. Right. Um, okay. I think those two things. And once I get those two things uh, out the way, which it is the goal is for me to buy the building and the property uh, in the next year, year and a half. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, just more memberships uh, mm-hmm. to justify the costs. Um, and the only way to do that, again, is to make sure that you're consistent in the environment you're creating. Um, yeah, it's, those are my, 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 I think my two biggest uh, hurdles for me to overcome, um, for me to be able to implement that. And I, I, and I will, I will um, get over those and I will implement the childcare soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So basically at a point right now where get some more people in, stack the revenue, put yourself in a good position to be able to take that next step and, you know, purchase the building and make the modifications that you're looking to make so that you can implement the next things to make right. the facility even better. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny because, I mean, I've been blessed enough that I can by now i mean you when you plan and you get good at planning and executing and you're still surprised that what you're doing is working like i've been doing this since uh two years ago i mean i've been in the industry for six seven years now but i've really been i think more integrated in it the past two years because i became the owner but every plan i have put forth and executed it's working and i mean it's great to hear comments from members saying that well, it's really, it's getting packed in here, or it's, uh, I've noticed more people, different faces. And I'm so good at faces that I'm even starting to like not recognize a lot of people because just that many people are coming in and right. it's great. Um, but that just reminds me that whatever plan I put in place, I know that I'm capable of executing it. So, I mean, like, yeah, you can plan, but you also have to know how to be resourceful, know how to um, just execute that plan, um, be realistic with the timetable um and stay consistent and disciplined enough to keep up with it right. and like i said so when i say that i'm going to put child care in i know i'm going to put child care in. so mm-hmm. i just know uh, what i have to do outline it and start doing it make it happen yeah absolutely and that's the attitude that you have to have right exactly. it's like yeah. if you want something you Don't can figure it. it out you can make it happen it's just okay now how am i going to get there and then just start executing yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I love that. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? 
So we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram, you can find us at XL2020. Um, and Facebook, you can find us at XL Fitness Alamogordo. Um, and our location is 815 9th Street, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Uh, phone number is 575-439-4818. Um, if I don't pick up on the phone here at the, at the gym, you can get at me on Facebook for sure, and I'll respond to you. Um, yeah. Perfect. All righty. So Jesus from Excel Fitness in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is John Hunter from Suncoast Fitness out of St. Pete, Florida. Welcome to the show, John. How are you today? I'm incredible. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have you here and to really learn more about what you do within your fitness business. Um and you know all of the nitty-gritty details but before we dive into that i want to hear the backstory briefly john what was it that led to you you know becoming a gym owner uh, that's a good question the, the biggest thing is i love people and i knew from the day i started working out that one day that i wanted to give people the same thing that draws me into it by loving to work out and loving the results and loving how it makes you feel so I knew eventually one day that I would eventually own my own place to give that same thing back to the people. Okay. So um, now you're in the position where you can kind of give that back to people. And, and for me, very similar. Like I ended up in the fitness industry because fitness is something that kind of put me in a really good place. Like mentally, after having a child, fell into a CrossFit gym, absolutely fell in love with the community, made friends for the first time in my life. And so now I'm like, okay, I got to help other people do this. I'm so passionate about it. Um, so I love, I love to hear your backstory there. Tell us your elevator pitch of Suncoast Fitness. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide, kind of paint a picture for us. Sure. Well, we used to be 25,000 square feet. We have reduced it down to 5,000 square feet. But I always like to tell people it's a neighborhood gym that is just different. There's something different about it. But until you come in and see the place, you won't understand that. So it's more along the lines that we're about 5,000 square feet now, but when you walk in here, my prices are higher than most gyms in the area. Most gyms in my area are around $10, um, and I'll never be that. I always keep it a little higher, but I want people in my gym that are serious about working out and uh, doing something special with their lives in here. Yeah, so kind of like a gym where people can kind of come and do their own thing, though that's like the, the main service, but you also offer personal training as a part of what you do, if that is something that people want or need. 
um, what percentage of your business right now would you say is kind of coming from the personal training side of things? I would say more than I thought would. So I would say about 30%. About 30%. About 30%. I mean, that's pretty high. Industry yeah. average, like in a kind of model like this, open model gym, it's it's much lower, you know, 5 10%. So 30% is is very, very high. And so props to you for making that a big part of what you do. Are you, you know, like when you get a new client who inquires for like for the gym, are you guys like trying to sell them into personal training before they purchase a membership or how do you find your personal training clients? Um, usually when I, I basically trainers rent the space for me now. So I'll go on Facebook ads. I'll do all kinds of stuff about uh, seeing any tr new trainers that are in there that are ready to make that change to some a new facility that just spikes it up and brings their clients a, uh, just something different, you know, and, and also, of course, when people walk in the door, I, I do uh, have a flow with them when I'm talking to them and ask them how the results are coming, how they're doing in their workouts, and if they've ever thought about having a trainer. Okay, I like that. Um, how many trainers do you have right now, and how does that, like, kind of work? Like, are they, are they working for the gym? Are you contracting them? And what led you to make the right decision for your business there? That's a good question. Long time ago, um, when we were gold gym years ago, it was all they all worked for the gym, and I never thought I'd be a, the one that would contract them out. I just that just wasn't how I did it. And since we moved the location down a little further and uh, and downsized, I've definitely they're all contracted out. But I'm all about having the right people in here. I mean. I'm real picky. I mean, you could be the best trainer in the world with 30 new clients you're going to bring me, but if it if you don't flow right when we're talking, if you don't fit in my crew, I don't, I don't care how great you are, you won't work there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it is right to have the, the perfect employees that fit our business model working for us. Walk me through that process. How, how do you decide if somebody is, you know, the perfect fit for Suntos? So I think okay. that's a very unique kind of thing. Like all of us are really struggling with hiring right now. So let me hear more about how you go through that. Okay. So the way I look at it is if you come, if you're asking to come in and to check us out and you're interested in, in being a trainer in my facility and when you walk in the way you represent yourself, the way you talk, I mean, we can all put up a big front. Of course, we know that. And when you're interviewing someone, they're the best version of themselves that day until, you know, three months later and they're different. But the flow and the way you get along with my crew, the way you come in and sit down next to me, because all my trainers and everybody, we have an incredible, you know, it's a smaller place. So when you walk in, you'll see my trainers working out. You'll see us behind the counter, you know, goofing off and talking to each other. And if you walk in and you don't feel comfortable with that, you know, and you're just, it, it's, it's weird. I don't know how to explain it. You can just tell. You can just tell if someone, yeah. when they sit down, if they're able to, you know, just be able to, I, 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 it, I've been in the business so long, I can just tell if someone's going to fit in or not. Personality is huge, huge. You know, I mean, it's, it's a 50-50 chance, but the truth of the matter is you, you can know real quick if someone's going to fit in or not. That's easy. Yeah. No, that that's definitely true. I always tell people, like, you can teach the training side of things you can treat teach somebody to be an excellent trainer but you cannot teach somebody to have people skills and yes. to be yes. just like a good, a good human overall those are hard things to teach communication 
<laughs> yes. Um, okay, I like your approach there. And um, let me ask you, you know, within the facility, you're at about 5,000 square feet right now. How many members are you guys serving? Okay, so I've been here downtown a year. We're about yeah. seven miles away from where we used to be. And we're over there, like I said, we had three room, three classrooms, we had a yoga room, we had childcare, we had all that. So I don't have classes anymore. So I lost a lot of my members. So I moved uh, about six miles down the street and it's a downtown atmosphere area. And so being here one year, I have about 650 members so far. That's, that's pretty decent. Are you guys 24 seven or do you have like hours that you're open? So the goal is to be 24 hours and I'm, I'm working on that now. I just want to find the right system to do it. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I will be 24 hours. I don't know when, hopefully within the next seven to eight months, but right now we're not right now. I open at 5am close at 10pm. Okay. With the 650 members, would you say that like most of them are active? Like what percentage of those are active members? <laughs> we both know that's not true. <laughs> no active, active. I would, oh gosh. Man, you know, it's funny, and, and I'm not that dude. I'm, it's so funny, like, I'll have members say, well, aren't you lucky that no one works out, just only, like, 1%? And and, and and I get it, because if I had all, you know, 500, 600 people in here, you know, all yeah. day, it would be ridiculous in the small place. But I really do, if you're using the gym and you're getting results, you're telling people, or you don't have to tell people, they'll see something in you, and like, girl, what are you doing? Where do you work out at? So... But yeah, no, I, the percentage of actually work out, oh gosh. Here, here's a small example of what you already know anyways, but this is just cute. At the other gym, uh, I had 6,000 members, okay? I had 6,000 members, and I would have 250 to 300 through the door every day. That's, that's just crazy. crazy, crazy. I know, I just like, I just personally, as somebody who's just like, I'm very frugal, right? I would never pay for a gym membership if I wasn't using it. So like for me, like paying for it is my accountability factor to get my butt in there every day. And it's amazing with, you know, facilities like this, um, how many people are paying and not even using their membership. So because of that, you know, because, you know, you have 650 members, but not all of them are active. Are you in a position where you can grow your membership and take on more members? Of course, yes, a lot, definitely. I'm getting right now, I'm getting between probably 55 and 80 a day. Okay, so you're definitely in a place where it's like, hey, we can fit some more people in here. Um, Walk me through that growth process. You know, how are you finding your clients? I think that's the biggest thing that I hear talking to gym owners all around the world, not even here, not even just here in the U S the biggest thing that I hear that people are struggling with right now is how do we get them to come in the door? Um, there's so many, you know, cheap gym, mem- gym memberships, like the $10 gyms or there's the, the Peloton or online streaming. So it's like, there's so much out there. How do you get new clients into to your gym? And like, what are you doing to grow that? Sure. And that's been, you know, I've been in the industry 30 years and that's been the thing, even, even when the industry was great, that's what it was. It's like, how do you get them in the door? You know, you can tell them about them every day, but getting them through the door is the most important. Once you get them through the door, we can close them. You know, it's on your facility and the people you have working there, but getting through the door is everything. So back in the day for me, when, you know, it used to be obviously, uh, Valpac and all the coupons and all that stuff, that stuff, 
has been gone forever. It really doesn't work in my, in none, not that I've heard of for years. So what really works for me is, is to get them in the door would probably be the most successful thing for me has been word of mouth, Facebook ads, Instagram. Those, those are the things. Word of mouth, Facebook, and Instagram has been the best for me. Yeah. And I think for most of us in our, in this industry, we can always rely pretty heavily on word of mouth. If we have a good service, naturally our clients are going to talk. They're going to go tell their friends. They're going to tell the, the barber. They're going to tell their kid's teacher and we're going to grow. Um, and we like that because it's free. And I don't know about you, but I love free stuff. So if I'm getting clients and not having to spend any money on it, it feels pretty good. But when we look at kind of predicting that growth, we can't predict word of mouth. So that's when we supplement. You mentioned Instagram and Facebook have been useful for you. Walk me through, you know, some of the things that you guys have done on those platforms. There's a bunch of gym owners that are really missing out on the mark by not using Facebook and Instagram to aid the growth. Yeah, I, I spend about, and I'm going to start spending a lot more. I, at the other gym, when it was a lot bigger, I spent $2,000 a month on some, any kind of, of any kind of ads whatsoever, wherever I put it through. So it was always $2,000 a month. Here, eventually, it'll be $500 a month. That's, that's what it'll eventually be. Right now, I'm spending about $150 to $200 on just face, different Facebook ads, mixing it up, you know, Instagram, but I have it tied to my Instagram. But mostly, honestly, just running like every month or two totally different kinds of Facebook ads and putting it out there within, for me, it's within, I don't have five gyms, so it's within two miles each way. Okay. So when you're, you know, doing your Facebook ads or Instagram or whatever, you know, platform you're using, what kind of, what kind of ad are you putting out there? Is there like a call to action there or, you know, like what different things have you seen be useful? And that, that's the crazy thing. I mean, I, I, I personally don't like, I, I personally don't think these dollar down things. And I mean, like I said, I've been in the industry since the eighties, you know, and all that stuff. I see that when I'm driving by gyms and they say dollar down and all that kind of stuff. I, I just don't think that stuff, no enrollment. I, I don't think that works anymore. People expect that anyways, you know, so you're just putting it up there. I like to put something on my signs or something like that, that, is a statement that people look at it. Oh, wow. I see that sign every day that says something special on there. I do a lot of motivational quotes and things like that. Something that catches their, their eye, something that makes it up something yeah. different. I don't want to be the same all the time. I don't want to be like the same no enrollment fee, that kind of stuff. I personally just don't think no enrollment fee. I think it's a joke. You know, back, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think that that takes away from like the accountability factor. Like, people treat it as more of a big deal if they have to like pay a sign up fee. You know sure. what I mean? If there's a sign up fee there, it's just like, oh, I'll just sign up for this gym. I'll just have to pay $10 a month. Um, okay. So something that I've seen a lot of gym owners do in their ads that really draws a lot of people in is like people want to see a result. So if they're joining a gym, typically it's because they want better mental health. They want to maybe lose a little bit of weight. Maybe they want to gain some muscle. Maybe they just want to like feel better overall. So if we can sell that result to them, that's going to pull them in. So sure. I've seen like people run nutrition challenges. I've seen people run fat loss challenges, muscle gain challenges, things like that as a way to get the general public like interested. Um, is that something that you guys have ever, you know, thrown into what you do with your marketing efforts? 
I mean, I've done that a long time ago, of course, yeah, contests and stuff. What I also like to do when I was drawing people in is a story, like a, maybe like a, a three or four minute story of someone that has came into the gym and got results and they tell their little story, you know, make it not too long, but like three or four minutes of why they joined here and, you know, and, and why they stay, you know, so I think little clips like that, you know, posting every once in a while of them telling their story, someone, you know, that's just posting, hey, the reason I went to Suncoast and the reason I joined is because of this, this, and this. I have a, I have a few of my members that are the popular people that, that, that will post something on there. Hey, listen, the reason why I come here is because this, this, and this. You know, and it brings, oh, wow, I didn't know he worked out there. I didn't know, wow, she really gets this result. You know, just real life people telling their stories, but but small clips. Yeah, no, that that testimonial piece is, is really useful to get somebody into the business because if, you know, a potential client sees somebody that looks like them or maybe has a similar story to them, they can relate and then that, that draws them in. That's just basic human nature. Um, so that's a really, really smart tactic as well. Um, my next question to, to you here, John, would be what would you consider to be your biggest bottleneck, your biggest challenge related to the business side of things? And what are you actively doing to kind of overcome that right now? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I would say it's the same thing as it's always been, honestly. You know, it's, it's getting more people through the door, you know. So, and, and I guess the business side is, the business side is, it's, it's not harder than I thought, but someone said to me, I've been open downtown for a year. Okay, and my lady that does my bookkeeping, she said, I said something to her and she goes, I said, hey, listen, I'm just kind of, uh, kind of, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that I expect so much. I put so much in. I don't expect so much and not put so much in. I do that. But like I always expect more than what I get because I always I'm, a, I'm like that classic like hungry I'm hungry all the time no matter what in everything in my life I believe in action you know you work you know you can talk about it you put the work in and if I put the work in I expect to get from it so my first year of being downtown I honestly expected to have a lot more members I really did and so I said to her I said man you know I'm, I could be honest with you I'm, I really thought it would, I would have more members you know I really thought I'd be able to to because I was only a small percent owner before. So I, had, I actually had a big paycheck. I was making like $80,000, $90,000 a year plus getting that. So now I'm not doing, bringing in the paycheck and that has been mind blowing for me. My other company helps me, but it's just a different, so I expected so much more. So I guess, and then she says to me, she says to me, do you realize most people don't even, after the first year, aren't even be able to pay all their bills and, and they're not able to even take a small paycheck home. And I said, I understand, but in my mind, I'm not most people. <laughs> so it's just right. Different. Yeah. No, I uh, I understand. Oh, can you hear me? I'm not sure. Can you hear me there? No, I can hear you. Wow, that was okay. crazy. You were that that's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay, so I can't hear you. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> okay, okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> um, okay, that's that's good. I'm glad that you know we got that audio issue figured out there. Um, Did you hear what okay, I said? So you, it kind of cut out a little bit toward the end there. With you know, you said that when you are part owner, you're getting pretty decent paychecks, and now you you don't have essentially. 
that's rough. Um, in this business, you know, we're in it because we want to help people, but also like we want to be able to have like a sustainable like living and and whatnot with this. Um, we want to be able to like pay our staff good. You're contracting your staff, so it's a little bit different. But um, how do you foresee like overcoming this and and um, making it less of a bottom? Uh, I've always been the kind of person you just keep doing what you're doing. I remember, I remember, and I know that there's always more you can find out. You can always be putting yourself, going out, meeting more people, being, doing more stuff like that. But I've always been that kind of person. I remember the owner before asked me, why do we, why do we have such a great month or why do we have such a bad month? And I always gave him the same answer. Nothing's changed. I've always done the same. I, I, I hustle no matter what. I do the exact same things that made me successful the month before. If the month after that wasn't successful, it wasn't because I didn't do the same thing. I consistently do the same things to push forward, never mind. It doesn't matter if it's a bad month or a good month. I didn't do anything different. I hustled no matter what. So it, it, it's, I guess you just keep hustling, you know? I mean, do what I've always known and go out there, meet people, talk to people, put my name out there more, you know, and what I, do, what I can do for sure is when they come in through those doors, treat them like they've never been treated before, have an atmosphere they've never seen before. So when they walk out of that door, they tell a thousand different people. Just being consistent with that customer service is vital. I right. mean, that's how we're going to continue having excellent word of mouth. Um, okay, so John, this is kind of a, a, a far out there question, more loaded, take it as you will. Um, if I were to hand you, you know, a magic wand full of all kinds of like Disney magic. And I was like, all right, all your goals, dreams for Suncoast have come true. Talk to me about what that picture would look like for you. Um, I'm here in the morning from eight to 12 and I'm not here on the weekends and the, it's running itself incredibly and I'm able to run, I'm able to work on my other business and travel but I'm the kind of person I would I'd be there every day anyways just for a couple hours just to make sure everything's flowing so to be able to be here you know less but to be here more in the, in the aspect of the gym running itself bringing in money the personal trainers are doing everything the flow is incredible it's the same mindset that I believe in and I'm able to work on my other business. Yeah, so spend more time on the business, not necessarily in the day-to-day -day of the business. Um, kind of buy back some time a little bit so that you can spend more on the growth of the business. It's difficult. Like if we are spending so much time in the business, it can be hard to kind of find the time to do all the things that we want to do and accomplish all the things that we want to do. How do you foresee yourself making that a reality obviously i know that you're going to remain consistent with what you're doing but are there any changes that you feel like you're going to have to make to to make this a reality for you um besides bringing in more trainers i actually i don't, I don't know any other avenue that I, I really don't know i mean if i bring in if i were to bring in more more trainers that would help me cover that to bring in the kind of money I need to bring in, I, I really don't have the answer for that. 
Yeah. I mean, bringing in the trainers, you already said, if you brought in a couple of trainers that would cover your, your overhead, your expenses, and then your EFTs from there are going to carry you. Um, so really, I think that this kind of magic wand situation is not a far fetched magic wand. I think it's more of something that is going to become a reality here. Once kind of find the trainers, get the help that you need. Um, John, if you had to share a word of advice for somebody fairly new to this industry, maybe they just opened a gym today, what would you have to share with them? Make sure that this is something you're really, really ready to invest time in and go all out. And uh, I, I guess what I tell everybody, you just have to be hungry. If you're not hungry, you're wasting your time. Be hungry. <laughs> I like it. Um, Jerry, I mean, sorry, John, what is the Instagram, the Facebook, where can our listeners go to find out more about what you have to offer at your facility? Yeah, you can go to suncoastfitness.biz. You can go to our Facebook, which is Suncoast Fitness, and you can go to our Instagram, same thing, Suncoast Fitness. Easy enough, guys. Easy enough to find Suncoast Fitness, every platform. Check it out. Thank you, John, for being here for today, for sharing your insight. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation that I know our listener can pull value from. There's a lot of people in a similar position to you. And so talking about it is the best thing that we can do. Listeners, I thank you for tuning in. Don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Hunter Wood with the Athlete Factory out of Florida. Hunter, what is going on, man? How are you doing today? Happy Tuesday. I'm doing great, JJ. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. And uh, or I think we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty-gritty here of what you have going on with the Athlete Factory but, you know, first, we want to kind of take a step back and give the viewers a little perspective. So, Hunter, in your own words here, how would you describe the Athlete Factory and what you guys do? Yeah, so we, we are um, a perform, performance training uh, gym, and we cater to um, athletes as young as eight years old, all the way up to professional guys, um, as well as adults. And really, I just think that we're, uh, we're a gym where 
um, anyone that can come in uh, with, with goals uh, and with, with some work ethic and who want to be coached um, can find a happy home. We always tell our members that those are our three rules. Um, work extremely hard for your goals. Um, let us coach you. Um, and our last room is kind of don't be a jerk. So um, that allows us to have a facility of uh, really good athletes, really bad athletes, and everyone in between. Um, but they're all in there working hard. And I think we provide young people a place to, you know, to come and um, kind of go with their goals and, and work hard and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome, Hunter. And so um, I appreciate the explanation here. Let's just dive right into it with the bare bones basics. Uh, Hunter, how many members are you serving currently? We usually sit around a hundred uh, members. Um, we're, you know, with working with athletes, we we're kind of cyclical. So, um, you know, summer's time, summertime is obviously our busiest time of year with kids being out of school, kids being home from college and those type things. Um, this quarter usually kind of slows down a little bit with school starting back up. Um, and then we kind of pick up in quarter four, but I would say we typically kind of hover around a hundred. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, for you, Hunter, I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people through the door? Yeah, so, um, you know, many, many years ago, when I got started with this thing, my mentor kind of told me, like, he really harped on, you know, trying to become the best at what you do. Um, and so um, we spent many years, like, really just trying to, you know, sharpen our tools and, um, you know, work at being the best, volunteering, doing a lot of things like that. So I think what that led us toward was um, a ton of word of mouth referrals. Um, and so um, that, I would say that's probably still our number one tool for um, new members coming into the business is referrals, whether it be from current members or, um, you know, coaches within, within the community that we've built relationships with. Um, but obviously, as we've kind of been in the industry now for a while, um, we've started to really get our, you know, online presence tightened up and our website and those type things. Um, so we're starting to drive more leads through that. So I would probably say that's our second one. Um, and then lastly, we'd probably be like just walk-ins. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love the versatility, right? It's not like you're one dimensional here. I think there's definitely different avenues that you can get people from. Um, and so, well, you said you're around a hundred here, Hunter, right? I want to get a little perspective too. I mean, hypothetically speaking here, if leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, how much higher can you go? What would capacity look like? Yeah, I think, I think when we track our numbers, we're sitting right now at probably like 60% um, capacity. Um, I, think, I think that the area that we have that we could really grow would be our adult membership base because, um, you know, those are the classes that when you know, we look at attendance um, where we're, you know, we're not as close to capacity as we would be with like our athlete groups. You know, our athlete groups run pretty close to full uh, the majority of the day um, where our, you know, our adult memberships are the ones that are really trying to focus on growing. Um, but you know, that was one of those things that, you know, I'm a coach at heart and, you know, we've, you know, love sports, grew up playing football, those type things. And, um, you know, at first back in 2006, so it's like, I just want to be the football guy. Well, um, the football season would come around and we wouldn't have any clients. So then we kind of like grew out from that, um, and to other sports and those type things. And then we kind of had that same, you know, epiphany, if you want to call it, where it's like, okay, well, the gym's open all day. Now let's, you know, how do we get start going into the adult uh, adult membership as well. And so that's been a big focus of ours of trying to grow that. Um, and I, and I kind of see that kind of where the, you know, where we could really grow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Right. Having that versatility again with any, you want to be able to cater to anyone and everyone. I think that's the biggest thing when you kind of learn that, right. It's like you would think 
that having that one specific demographic might serve you well, but it's totally different from being a, a personal trainer and a gym owner, right? Because with a personal trainer, you can do that and have a big roster because you don't need to serve everybody. But here it's, it, as a gym, you need to, you need everybody and anyone. <laughs> so the broader, the better in a sense. Um, and so, you know, I think another question I always like to ask here too, right, is, you know, with this, this number at a hundred or so people, I mean, how do you manage tracking that? I mean, I mean, I'm not sure if you're a one man team here. And even if you're not, even if you're three, four five man team, it's still a lot to manage, right? So how do you track, you know, the understanding of how long someone's been with you, if they're looking to cancel, if they're looking to get started? I mean, how do you track those numbers? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we've, we've used MindBody um, for probably 10 years or so now. So that's obviously a big part of it. Um, we do have an awesome team. Um, my wife, um, she also works in the business as well. Um, so she handles a lot of our marketing um, for us. So, you know, a lot of graphics, um, all of our evergreen type stuff, um, all of those. And then um, our staff does a really good job of, of a lot of the tracking. But as far as, you know, our membership base, when they're due for renewal, all those things like that, you know, obviously my body um, is, you know, keeps a lot of that stuff up, up in front for us. Um, and then it's really just kind of building some systems, some framework around that so that we can continue to update them, um, stay in touch with them if they're not showing up in the gym, um, you know, and, and try to follow up with, you know, obviously my body lets us know if their membership's coming up for renewal or, you know, if the car doesn't run or like a lot of those type things. Um, so, but that part of the, of it obviously hasn't been too tough. I don't think, um, one thing that we've really kind of stepped, um, over the past year has been, um, our tracking of their, their weights and like, you know, their testing. So like we're started testing every week with our kids. Um, so tracking a lot of that stuff and creating the spreadsheets and the, you know, the, you know, the framework around being able to keep a running kind of data form on all the kids and what they're doing and how much weight they're lifting and how high they're jumping and those type things. So um, I would say that's kind of been where our kind of keeping track of our clients, quote unquote, has kind of really stepped up in the last year. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that the trajectory that you're on, right? It's always improving, getting better in all the aspects. And so, you know, going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, Hunter, but a good question in itself. Um, you know, what we've been discussing this entire podcast and, and what we use pretty predominantly throughout the gym and fitness industry here are three pillars of business, right? It's going to be one, your lead generation, right? Which is your marketing Two, your acquisition, which is your sales. And three is your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three here, Hunter, where do you feel like you could improve the most? I think, I think the lead generation has been the, the big focus for ours. Um, you know, we usually um, don't have much, a lot of retention issues. I feel, again, kind of going back to um, how we kind of started this thing back in like 06 was like, make sure your product was on point. Um, and so we've really always worked hard to be, no matter what, that, that we felt like our training was the best you're going to get. Um, and so, you know, that kind of leads to, to results for the kids and those type things. Um, also, we've really tried to focus on, you know, the athlete factory itself being somewhere where, um, like we were talking about earlier, where, you know, athletes feel comfortable um, being in there. It's kind of built for them. You know, the music's kind of for them, um, kind of the vibe, the pictures, um, you know, the turf, the banners, like all those things like that. And so, 
you know, we really try to work hard to build a culture that, um, you know, that people feel comfortable in. Um, and, you know, especially working with young people where they can meet new people and they can learn from other people. And, you know, there's, there's guys, there's girls, a lot of people like that. So it's really a great environment. Um, and I think our coaches do a great job of, of, you know, keeping that environment, providing that environment for our members as well. So um, the w big area for us that we've, you know, obviously had to really learn on because it didn't come very natural to us was the marketing side of things, um, the client generation side of things. And so, um, you know, we've spent countless, you know, hours like reading and trying stuff and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. Um, and so I, I feel like we're better than we've ever been uh, with, the, with the lead generation standpoint. Um, but obviously I think that would be probably where we still have the most room to grow. Um, yeah. So with the adult side of things too. Yeah. Yeah, Hunter, I want to say uh, thank you for the transparency there, right? I think uh, when you can put success to the side here and still admit that you can improve in certain places, regardless of of the success you've had prior, I mean, I think that that's huge, right? It's a big perspective shift for the viewers and, and very much appreciated by us here. I mean, thank you for that, man. I think this is really what this platform is for, right? It's to, to open up the eyes to the viewers. Like, of, you know, there is always room for more improvement. There is room to succeed more, right? And uh, it's about how high you set that, that bar. And so, so thank you for that there, Hunter. And Got to ask two more questions for you here, but my two favorite questions, uh, you know, Hunter, what's the bigger picture for you, man? What are you trying to accomplish long-term down the road? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you know, really a big focus of ours now, um, you know, has been, like I said, you know, I kind of grew up in the ranks as like a trainer, but as a personal trainer at first and like, you know, we've, you know, kind of did all that stuff. So, um, you know, always our big focus now is um, getting everything kind of systemized and frameworked out. Um, so that, you know, in hopes that we can kind of open, hopefully open a set location, or, you know, possibly free, who knows, but um, really trying to get the systems, um, you know, cleaned up and written out um, and taught to our staff and our team members um, so that we can kind of duplicate what we've been able to do at the Athlete Factory. So um, that's always been a tough thing for us because it's always been like, well, where's the system at? And it's like, well, it's in my head. Right, and so, um, you know, getting it down into some sort of teachable format, um, and then probably most importantly was just me kind of finally making that shift um, from you know coach trainer to business owner um, as far as the mindset goes, right? And saying like, well, I don't need to train all the kids, and I don't even you know, now we're working on like I don't necessarily need to do the sales, and like being comfortable with um, training someone. Um, you know, within our business to do it and trusting them to do a good job um, because we've trained them. So that's kind of where we're at right now. It's doing a lot of like building systems, um, trying to teach systems. Like I feel like our training system um, is, is pretty good. Um, I, I would consider it to be done really well. Um, so now it's a lot of like the sales system, um, the marketing system and those type things. And so that we can go those things in place and hopefully duplicate them, you know, at a second location um, and also give me some, I have two sons, um, 11 and 10 years old. So, you know, it's kind of shifted away from like, I'll be in the gym all day long to, I want to be at their football practices. I want to be able to go and do things with them and like not be in the gym 24 hours a day and trust in our team that they can do a, do a great job with our members. So um, we've kind of started getting there. Like I said, we've got some members, we have people walk into our gym now who have no idea who I am, um, which, um, is awesome, right? They're just coming for the athlete factory. 
Um, they're not coming because they're looking for me anymore, which yeah. um, a couple of years ago, that'd be like, oh, wait a second. But now it's like, perfect. This is working. This is what I want, right? It's about the athlete factory. It's not so much about, you know, myself. Um, yeah. A really good move. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I, I, lo- I love the goal there. I think that's huge, right? I think uh, a lot of the gym owners can relate, right? It's like, hey, you start off as a fitness pro and you got to eventually go to a business pro. You know, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Uh, and uh, it's about, you know, obviously you're pursuing your passion, but being able to make your passion grow, right? And help more people. That's really what you're doing. And it's about how can you get to the point where you help more people, right? Get more people through the door, right? Service more people, keep them longer, right? Be that one-stop shop for them. So I think that's awesome. There. Um, and uh, now Hunter, one last question, man. And it's my favorite question. I'm curious to see your response here. Uh, you know, Hunter, if you can go back eight years here when you first started your gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now, and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Yeah, I think it kind of ties in with the last question. Um, and I think, I don't know where, if I read it somewhere, if I heard it somewhere, whatever it is, but, um, you know, kind of would have started with the end in mind a little bit more. Um, and so, you know, started with the goal of um, running the business, not being in the business as much. So, you know, getting a lot of the systems like created early um, and obviously letting them evolve. But, you know, um, I think that would probably be the biggest piece of, of it. But, but looking back, like that, I wasn't really ready for that eight years ago either. Like mentally, I was still like love to coach all day, love to train all day, you know, do those type things. And so I wasn't quite prepared to do that. But, um, you know, I think we could have saved ourselves a lot of time and probably a lot of money too. If, you know, if we would have started trying to chip away at that a little bit earlier. Um, but with that being said, I think that, um, you know, because of, because of the training that we did and those type things, you know, it all works out the way it's supposed to. So that would have been it, you know, it's hard to see it when you're young, man. It's like, you know, yeah. to chip away and grind at it. And honestly, like, um, you know, COVID was like the best thing for us. Right. Because, you know, it was like a forced stop for us. We were, you know, we had all these ideas of things that we wanted to do and things we wanted to change and like grow and implement and like, you know, those type things. And we just couldn't do it because we were just, we were just going nonstop. And so, um, you know, obviously with, with COVID, it was like, all right, cool. Everything had to stop. And then when we came back, we could actually like put changes within um, our program that we had been wanting to do. Um, and people were expecting change anyway, coming back. So it was like kind of a, easy fit to, to get started again with some new stuff we wanted to do. That is awesome, man, Hunter. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, I mean, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook website, anything you have, where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yep. So probably Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Um, and it's just coach Hunter Wood. So coach and then my name. Um, and then same thing would be on Facebook. Um, Facebook would be the athlete factory. Um, and then as far as our website, it's um, actually our old business name, but cwscperformance.com. Uh, um, and so, yeah, Instagram would probably be the best place to find me. There we go. There we go. Hunter, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Again, if you can, if you want my sticking around for two more seconds here, just to let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I would appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Yep. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, 
hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.